Greetings. This is Justin Allen with the Elite Nurse Practitioner. Welcome to the Elite Nurse Practitioner Show, a podcast dedicated to nurse practitioner entrepreneurism and achieving financial freedom, where I talk directly with nurse practitioners who need help. Listen up. Our market is saturated. Jobs can be scarce. We are underpaid. We are undervalued. We are taken advantage of by the sharks within the healthcare system. And frankly, screw that. Sick of it. And it's time for a change. And listen, I'm here to help make that happen. We are powerful. We can forge a path where we are in control of our career and ultimately our financial and personal well-being. You do not need to submit to healthcare administrators and your doctor overlords. You do not have to take the measly salary. You do not have to work 50 to 60 hours a week. There is a different way, and I'm here to show you that path. This podcast is raw and unfiltered. I have not talked to nurse practitioners in this podcast prior to the call outside of an email exchange to schedule the episode. What you're about to listen to is a consultation session between a nurse practitioner and myself. It is real, it is unscripted, it is unplanned, and I have no idea what we're going to talk about. Anything and everything can happen during our conversation. The nurse practitioners in these episodes are struggling with an issue in their professional or financial life, and they have reached out to me for help. My goal is to help a nurse practitioner with actionable advice that will enhance and improve their professional, business, and financial life. My other goal is to hopefully help my nurse practitioner sisters and brothers build a more productive, powerful, and free life. So I hope the content and information within these podcast episodes does just that. All right, on to the episode. Hello, everyone. Today, we will be talking to Chris, who is a family nurse practitioner practicing out of Georgia. Currently, he is doing travel assignment work as a registered nurse to bring in income to live off and to reinvest it back into his practice. Chris recently started a telemedicine men's health clinic five to six months ago that is doing fair. Chris is needing assistance with marketing his practice, transitioning to a brick and mortar practice, and building a true brand tailored towards African-American men. He's also wanting to integrate additional services into his practice, such as IV therapy, PRP injections, and joint injections. Hey, Chris, how are you? Hey, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. Hey, thanks for hopping on this call. I really appreciate it. Uh, no problem, man. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's go ahead and get started. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, how long have you been a nurse practitioner for? You know, what kind of stuff you've been doing for work? Uh, you know, that sort of thing. Just kind of bring me up to speed. Oh, man, no problem, man. I've been a nurse practitioner since about 2020. So I haven't been in the game too long. Uh, before that, I was a nurse for about seven to eight years. So right now, I'm currently uh, working as a travel registered nurse just because the income is too good to pass up. And uh, basically, you know, started my practice back in September, currently at 35 patients, just looking to grow this thing. Okay. So you're seeing some patients and uh, I mean, you're making a little money, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit, man. It can uh, always be, be more. Sure, sure. And so the RN travel gig, I'm assuming you're killing it through that? You know, just give you a ballpark range, maybe around two to $3,000 a week. Two to $3,000 a week? Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty good money, man. I mean, so are you working like what, like three 12-hour shifts a week? Yeah, uh, four and three. You work uh, four, four days, one week, and three days. So basically, you are making ten to twelve thousand dollars a month right now as an RN, and you're essentially, you know, operating your little part-time men's health practice. That's exactly right. All right. So then, um, tell me a little bit about the men's health practice. So you said you started about five or six months ago. So um, what services are you offering? Uh, basically, I'm also, uh, offering uh, testosterone replacement, medical weight loss. Got a couple guys on peptides, and I want to start uh, offering some ED treatment, but that's pretty much about the testosterone replacement weight loss. Okay, so you are basically doing a full-service men's health clinic, it sounds like. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and this is being done 100% telemedicine? 
Yes, 100% in telemedicine. Okay. And are you doing this just out of the state of Georgia right now? Yeah, uh, only Georgia. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you have the collaborator, you have all that stuff set up. Yeah, you got to go through those, uh, you know, loops, but yeah. All right, so you told me that you were wanting to transition this over to a brick-and-mortar practice. So tell me about your thought there. Why are you wanting to, um, you know, do that? Man, the main reason why I'm kind of thinking about the brick-and-mortar is I think it's a big chance, you know, to kind of really add on a few more services, mostly your, uh, you know, your P-shot, IV therapy, possibly some joint injections. And I really think, you know, getting into a brick-and-mortar will make it seem a little bit more official. Just have a place so guys can come in, kind of, you know, meet me, kind of do everything a little bit more. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. I think hybrid practices really work the best. I mean, you know, 100% telemed practices work. It's a great model. I mean, having a location independent business um, is fantastic. I mean, you can go on vacation, still see patients and whatnot. But a hybrid practice though, yeah, it definitely allows you to basically integrate multiple different services into it that you can't do via telemed, like, you know, joint injections, IV therapy. And also just some guys just want to be seen in person. They just do. They want to shake your hand. Yeah, yeah, that's that's 100% true. Yeah. Okay. So the telemedicine practice right now, how are you marketing this? Man, basically, uh, really not too much of a, uh, you know, online presence. Most of my things is really just kind of hitting the streets, marketing, handing out flyers, going to gyms. A lot of uh, word of mouth has really helped me spread this thing, you know. Even though it's not that big, you know, to go from 10 to 20 has mostly word of mouth. Yeah. Okay, good. So you've basically spent very little money on marketing at this oh, point. Yeah, man. At the most, man, I uh, bought some flyers for probably about $200, you know, maybe like 500 of those. And, uh, you know, I did play around a little bit on Facebook digital marketing, but my account got banned because I was saying, I guess, the stocks were on a little too much. So, but mostly everything's been maybe $500 at the most on marketing. Wow. Okay. That's, uh, yeah, that's great. Okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, so you have 35, you know, patients. What are you seeing in terms of new patient volume right now? Are you getting like a few patients a month, one patient a week? What's that looking like? Man, I kind of got the numbers already calculated, you know, last month around, uh, I'll just tell you the month of February, cause February is about to be over. I got maybe five patients the month before that, maybe three. So I'm anywhere from three to five patients a month. Three to five patients. And this is almost totally word of mouth. Oh, it is. Uh, besides me handing a flyer to a guy and a guy having a quick conversation with me at the gym and then deciding, hey, man, it's something I want to do. Nothing. Nothing. I've got nothing through social media or through Google Ads. Man. Yeah. Do you have a website and everything? Yes. Yes. I got a website. Uh, <laughs> you know, to quote my wife, it was a little bit MySpacey because I built it. But I re- literally just reached out to, uh, I want to say his name is Will, uh, Will at Web Commercial, and he's building me one right now. Yeah, the web developer through Elite NP. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, he does awesome work. Okay, cool. So, so you're gonna have a new site built. I'm assuming you're gonna try to increase the uh, uh, the SEO on it, the search engine optimization, so you can start maybe just ranking higher for people who just start searching for it um, in your area. Yeah, man, that's what I was gonna do. Now, uh, no, just a quick question, not to kind of divert from anything, but. You know, with that SEO, that's like a brand new language for me. So would it be smarter for me to kind of learn how to do that or maybe hire somebody to do that? I think it's probably a good idea to hire someone out for three to four months. SEO is something that has to be kind of continuously worked on. And once your site is optimized, it can be a little bit more hands-off. So I think it's a good investment to spend, you know, three or four months uh, hiring someone to do this for you. Okay. 
yeah, it's it's definitely worth it, man. SEO is so powerful. You want to be found, you know, on searches. So you just do. I'm going to say a large chunk of my men's health patients come from people just finding me on Google, basically. No ads, okay. nothing. They, they just find me, right? So it's really, really important. Now, one thing that you can do to increase your SEO and your organic traffic is by just having like a small blog on your website, man. Just write like one article every couple of weeks about a men's health topic, publish it on your site. And what'll happen is there's all those keywords from the article itself will just help you just rank higher. So I mean, you could do that yourself. I mean, it only takes an hour or two to write an article. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's one of the things before I kind of started to practice, I was already blogging a little bit about men's health. So that's another reason why I was hiring somebody to kind of integrate my blog that I already have into the website. So yeah, that's something I'm already kind of already working on a little bit. Okay, perfect, man. If you do that, then I mean, your site should rank pretty high. Yeah, yeah. So definitely make sure that there's a, you know, a blog component in there then and do that. And then like I said, just maybe hire, uh, so you'd hire Will or whoever, um, maybe do a little SEO for you for a few months. Definitely a worthwhile investment. Yeah, advertising men's health on social media is difficult. It just is. I mean, it's possible. It's just difficult. Literally, I got my, like literally my Facebook uh, account page is like literally blocked. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's just part of the directive right now. You can advertise transgender HRT all day long, but God forbid a men's health clinic. So, you know, it just is what it is, man. So whatever. I mean, if you can keep your marketing expenses low, then it's just going to save you more money. If you stay at the current trajectory that you're at now, you really didn't spend a whole lot of money marketing. You really didn't do a whole lot of SEO or anything. I mean, you're going to build a pretty strong part-time practice over, you know, over the next year, three to five patients a month might not sound like a whole lot, but you know, by the end of the year, you could have, you know, 80 patients going into 2023, you'd have over a hundred. When you hit that hundred patient mark, you're easily making 10,000 plus a month. And see, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to hit that because uh, I know, you know, kind of trying to hit that hundred patient mark. You know, I'm trying to add a little more gasoline. So even though it's a part-time breakfast, you know, I really want to put some gasoline on this thing. Yeah. I mean, let's not uh, just go with what's happening now. Let's try to, yeah, let's, yeah, let's try to speed this thing up. So then you have the foundation already in the works. You got the website, you know, you're going to do the SEO, you're gonna do the blog. That stuff is great. You'll get a lot of patience from that. When you create a brick and mortar practice, you will be able to get that Google business listing. Google business listings are so important. I get a lot of patients just from my Google listing itself. So as you transition into the brick and mortar practice, your patient volume will increase as well. I guarantee you it will. Okay. Now there's more expenses that come along with that, but that's just business. You got to spend money to make money. Um, And and one of the things about the brick and mortar, like, you know, when I was trying to decide if I was going to do, hey, you know, the telemedicine practice or actually try to get to start the brick and mortar first. I was right there on that divide line. I actually had talked to, you know, leasing companies and I was about probably about a week away from actually signing a lease for a place. But it just seemed like they tried to stick me into like a five-year lease and that would kind of had me worried a little bit and why I kind of, you know, diverted to tell them. Yeah. Five-year leases are, I yeah. think that's too yeah. much of a risk for just starting out. Um, well, uh, what are the typical prices in your area for, you know, for a small office? I mean, you don't need more than a thousand square feet for this. Yeah, uh, I'm in the, the Gwinnett County area, which is probably like 30 minutes outside of Atlanta, north side of Atlanta. The prices are pretty expensive, man. When I kind of searched around anywhere for maybe a thousand square foot building was maybe two, 2000 to maybe 2200 which seems like a lot to me. I don't know if that's, you know, a lot in general. 
Yeah, that's a little bit on the high side for, you know, just for, for a small practice you're getting started. I mean, that's pretty cheap for some areas. And then for some areas, that's pretty expensive. $2,000 a month for a thousand square feet. I mean, is it at least in a good location? Now, one of the ones I looked at, it was basically had two listings. One of them was at a terrible location. The other one was a little bit more expensive, around 2200 It was an okay location. It was right next to, oh, looks like a women's health center and then a salon. So, but it had its own, you know, signage and everything. Okay. Well, I think that if you just shop around, man, and keep your eyes peeled, you know, I mean, you live in a very, very highly populated area. So, you know, just pick a radius, you know, within an hour of you and- you know, I mean, if you got to drive, you got to drive. But yeah, I mean, I think I think you could probably find something pretty reasonable, fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars a month. You know, on a main street, a busy street, and yeah, and that should work out for you. You know, that does sound expensive, but I mean, how many patients is that to cover? You know, fifteen patients. Yeah, that's it. And that's way you know that's way my mind has started looking at this. Everything that I price per patient in my mind when I have to buy something for the business. So right, we can help. It, Exactly. Right. So, I mean, your rent is covered off of 15 patients. I mean, you already have 35, so you're already basically, you're yeah. covered, you know? So yeah, I, I, I definitely understand that. Yeah. I see very little risk here. I I really do. I think that uh, if you want to grow this and integrate the IV infusion and the uh, joint injections and whatnot, I think that, yeah, I'd say pull the trigger and get going on that ASAP. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, I definitely would. I mean, you can scale and grow a telemedicine practice, but the volume is always going to be restricted based off of your time. And it's just all an active income stream. I mean, you're basically running this thing yourself, right? Oh, yes, yes. Just me by myself. So when you have a brick and mortar practice and you hire a receptionist or a medical assistant or something to help you, they're going to take off a lot of the workload for you. So then you can start getting into the process of growing and scaling the business. So yeah. Where you're at now, it's kind of hard to grow and scale this because it's just a one-man show and you know, you're just doing a telemed. You're going to be very, very restricted. You're going to hit a wall at some point. Yeah, that's yeah. my worries too. Like I said, even you know, pouring gasoline on something and then just say I go from 35 to you know, 80 people and it's just me, you know, then you know, the service starts to decline that I can offer. Exactly. That's a really, really important point. You know, you can market to your heart's content, but if you can't fulfill what you're marketing and you can't deliver the service and whatnot, you're going to piss people off and they're going to just go somewhere else. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it sounds like you're already generating enough income to, uh, you know, start something. How much money are you bringing in a month about? Oh, yeah. Uh, kind of got it down. For the 35 patients, most of those guys are locked into a, a you know, basically into a subscription model. So they pay every month, but I got a few of my weight loss people, which I was going to ask you about that. But basically for the 35 patients, I'm bringing $3,212 a month. Is that, is that profit or, or just the revenue well, in general? That's basically the, the profit. That's the profit. It's 3,200. No, 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 no. The, uh, the profit is a thousand dollars a month. That's how much I'm bringing in all the other. That's how much you're making is a thousand. Okay. Gotcha. So yeah. you're bringing in 3,200. How much are you charging each patient per month? Uh, my testosterone, just say my, uh, from the creams to the injections is anywhere from 140 to 160 a month. Okay, gotcha. So a lot of the patients are that, and then you got the weight loss clinic patients who are paying a little bit less than I'm assuming. Yes, yes, yes. So you're bringing in $3,200 a month already. You're not that far off from covering the overhead of a brick and mortar practice. You're and see, close. And see my, my question was, okay, I'm saying my, my profit is anywhere from between 900 and 1,000. If I was to add, you know, add into that brick and mortar, you know, the profit is going to basically just go away, right? Yeah, because I mean, that $1,000 is going to go towards rent, and then you're going to have to make up the difference. 
Okay. So okay. you, I mean, you're going to be investing money into this for a little while, unless mm-hmm. unless you can just get a lot of patient volume in a you know in a short amount of time. And so you're already taking the steps necessary to get there, you know, with the new website and whatnot. So you have two options here, man. Either you're going to continue doing the travel assignments and funneling your you know your own money into the practice um, if you go brick and mortar, or you maybe give it some more time, five to six more months get the patient volume up via the telemedicine route. And then once you hit that number, you know, I'm going to probably guess it's going to be about 50, 60 patients. When you hit 50, 60 patients, then um, you should be able to cover the overhead of a brick and mortar practice. And that's exactly what I was thinking. Cause you know, I, you know, I was talking with my wife about this too. And I was say, Hey, 35, I, I kind of had like, a, and I think my number was a little, you know, more on the, you know, cause I was saying, Hey, I need a hundred to cover that, but that may be way too many. Yeah. I don't think you'll need that many, man. I really don't. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you hire a medical assistant or a receptionist possibly, so, you know, you figure $2,000 a month, you know, you're going to need probably 50 patients or so to get there. I'm surprised, honestly, that your, your profits aren't a little bit higher. Uh, yeah, you should be making profit off each patient at least a hundred, $120 a month. Yeah, yeah, my thing is, too, I don't, you know, when I calculate this, was some quick numbers I did, you know, I'm looking at it, okay, I charge every guy, you know, yeah, I may have given, given those numbers, because, you know, I still got to pay my uh, collaborating physician, and the way that oh, we work out, right. yeah, that's kind of what may, and then also taxes and different things, so collaborating physician eats a little bit of it, not too much, though, because I actually got a pretty good collaborating yeah, it's an added expense too. I forgot about that. Well, each patient, you know, let's just say that each patient's paying you $150 a month after supplies, meds, and all that, you should still be making at least $120 a month off each men's health patient, you know, then minus the collaboration fee and whatnot. So, yeah, I mean, I guess the profits. And yeah. probably was some there's probably some miscalculations on my part. Yeah, because the more I'm looking at it too and looking at my own account, it's more that I see more, a little bit more than the $900 as I pay all that. Okay. So listen, your, your business checking account doesn't lie. So what's, no. what's that number? If you don't mind sharing that. Oh, no, no, man. No, no problem at all. Uh, the uh, business checking account after I pay for everything, I'm usually seeing around uh, $2,000 on it. How much is in there now? Do you know? Oh uh, yeah. Probably after, since I'm building out the website and everything, probably around about 1800. So it's still not a lot in Okay. Gotcha. So no, yeah. So you, yeah. So you don't have a whole lot here. Okay. So, uh, like I said, you have a couple options here. If you're going to go brick and mortar, either Mm -hmm. stay telemedicine for a while, get to, you know, between the 70 and hundred patients and then transition or continue working as a travel RN and just keep funneling money into it or keep doing the telemedicine and just pad up the business checking account as the RN, get that up to about 10 or $15,000. And then that way you have some working capital to keep you afloat through, you know, the first three or four months of the brick and mortar practice. That's what I did. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what I'm going to do too. I think I'm going to keep doing this assignment, you know, maybe till maybe uh, July and then kind of not spend any money off of that besides what I need to kind of do it. Or I may even take some of this nursing money and throw that in as a practice and just let everything roll over. Yeah. That's what I think you should probably do. I'd say pad that account up to their $15,000 and then pull the trigger. Yeah, I think that's, I think that would be the safer bet because I'm one of those people I try to be very calculated with everything. I think I'll make feel much better having maybe like three to four months of reserve if I kind of jump into it. Oh, dude, 100%, man. It'll reduce your anxiety significantly. I'd say definitely yeah. go that route. All right. So I think that's the plan with the brick and mortar practice. So in terms of marketing goes, you know, with the telemedicine practice, you got the website, you know, you'll do the SEO and whatnot. I think some Google ads are worthwhile. 
So I would definitely go that route, you know, pay just maybe a couple hundred dollars a month on some Google ads and see how that, you know, how that pans out. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Now, uh, I had a quick question about that. Now, when I'm doing the Google ads, uh, I was kind of looking at it and it'll say, hey, you know, make one ad and then it'll actually you want to make multiple ads. Should I make an ad for every service that I'm offering or just kind of tweak the wording of it? Well, dude, I mean, I guess it depends on what, uh, what what you want. Do you want more weight loss patients? Do you want more men's health patients? What do you want? Uh, men's health, because that's really a locked-in service every month. I kind of like that a little bit more. Yeah, it's recurrent patients, and it's yeah. pretty profitable. I would say just advertise the men's health for now. You know, weight loss and whatnot is just an adjunctive service. You know, you should be trying to push that to your men's health patients anyways. Yeah. So I would say advertise the men's health, you know, men's health testosterone clinic in, you know, the town that you're in, whatever, you know, maybe have the price on there, whatever. And then when anyone in your area searches for men's health, your ad will pop up a lot of the times and maybe they'll click on it and then just ensure that they land on your website and make sure it looks good and it's straight to the point. All right. Yeah. That's how pretty straightforward. Yeah. And then also, you know, try to get the word out to your, Patient demographic, you know, I mean, police officers, firefighters, military, um, you know, these guys, they go to men's health clinics, their own testosterone replacement therapy. So maybe try to get the word out to those individuals if you have any ends there. Yeah. Now, the one, you know, I actually, when I first started off, you know, I had a you know, pretty good setup with a couple of the stations here, but went in, a lot of the guys got their blood work done. But what I'm thinking, it was a few of these guys were, you know, a little bit younger. So I really couldn't lock in, actually turn them into customers they got the blood work done and a few of them was like no nah, i'm okay because i think the price most scared them off but i was looking at my prices my prices are you know cheaper than like 95 percent of the places around me so i was just wondering about that yeah some of the younger guys you know i mean if they qualify for treatment the you know the price yeah. point is yeah a difficult thing for them to swallow if you're yeah. cheaper than everyone else dude i would make that you know your offer essentially in your ad copy like in the actual okay. content of your ads yeah. put the price there cheaper than everyone else like i mean i would just straight up put that in there Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. Why not? Yeah. Because so. yeah. yeah, that's, that's the main selling point. You know, I feel like you know the pricing, and then you know, especially in my demographic, you know, being a you know a black guy, you know, talking to a lot of guys that look like me, it's a little bit more trust there. Because that's literally probably like ninety percent of my guys, you know, are black. Yeah. Uh, take advantage of that, you know, make sure that the, the pictures on your website are, you know, mostly African-American men. You know, if you create Google ads or whatever, you can choose demographics and whatnot. You could, I mean, just try to tailor it to interests of African-American men in your area. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I say go for that. TikTok supposedly works really, really well for men's health and you can advertise on there. So that might be something to think about if you can create some videos. Yeah, that, that's what that's kind of what uh, you know what my game plan is when it comes to the practice. Not just having the practice, but really making a lot of social media videos, a lot of, you know, you know, free information for guys so I can kind of say, Hey, this is what I offer, this is who I am, and let me help. So that's kind of what my next goal is kind of you know, shoot a lot of Yep. Videos. And if you integrate those videos into your website, it'll also increase the SEO and whatnot as well. So okay, okay, for sure. Definitely do that. Okay. So do you have any other questions about the marketing aspect of it? I feel like that if you can get a couple of Google ads up and a new website, I mean, I think that'll really, really help. And uh, I think that if you can just maybe put the boots back on and go out in the community and go to some other places where these patients are, I think that'd probably be worthwhile as well to, to keep your expenses down. Yeah, because I think one of the main things is I done handed out a lot of flyers, but, you know, just kind of self-reflecting, looking at the website, and I kind of had to ask myself, okay, would you really want to go through this website? And that, that's what kind of made me say, hey, I really need the website redone. 
So I think getting the website redone and then going back out there, handing out flyers, talking to guys would really convert. Absolutely. For sure, dude. A crappy website, man, is going to deliver crappy results. Like it has to, it has to look good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, any other questions about the marketing? Not uh, yeah. Just one last question, man. When it came to my uh, Facebook advertising, I know I you know listened to the podcast quite a few times. Is it even worth trying to open that back up? Because like I said, my account is like totally blocked. I didn't know if I was supposed to start another page to try to advertise to, on Facebook or what. I would suggest it's probably not worth your time. So if you actually look at the demographics of what sex is on what social media channel. There's more women on Facebook and Instagram. There's more okay. men on Twitter and YouTube. So you might want to focus on those avenues instead of wasting your time, you know, trying to get your Facebook account reactivated. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, you're going to try to beat a dead horse here. You know, it's dead. Don't worry about it. True, true. You know, my men's health ads on Facebook, they've delivered some results, but they really were, I don't know. I just don't think there was much of a return on investment on it personally. Yeah, I, I, I can see that, man, because literally it's, you know, they, they shut things down for no reason, no logic. Behind. There's no logic behind it at all. I know. So maybe look at some other channels instead, man. Maybe YouTube, Twitter, Google, a lot of men's health clinics, man. It's it's just the men finding you. They're actively looking for you. So you need to make sure that you are easily found. So if you can get a Google business listing, you know, even though if you don't have a physical location, if you can get a Google business listing, it'd be really, 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 really worthwhile. Oh, You'll okay. see that your patient volume will increase and the calls will, will increase as well. All right, that sounds good. I mean, you could get like even a shared office space or go rent some little podunk closet or something somewhere that has its own address. You can just use that for a Google business address. Okay, yeah, that, that makes sense too. Yeah, that's pretty quick and cheap to do too. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so consider that. All right. I hope everyone's enjoying the episode so far. I just wanted to take a quick break to thank everyone listening and also give a big thank you to all of my social media followers and email subscribers. If you haven't done so yet, please subscribe to our email list at www.leadnp.com and make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Email subscribers will receive updates on new weekly podcast episodes, multiple weekly articles we publish, new courses, and everything else related to helping you succeed. Remember, all elite nurse practitioner courses are designed to help you build a niche practice, increase your financial strength, and to break free from the rat race. If I can break free and the other countless nurse practitioners can break free, then so can you. Additionally, please share this podcast with your other nurse practitioner sisters and brothers out there. The more NPs that venture out on their own, the stronger our profession will become. Now, let's get back to the episode. Okay, so you're wanting to integrate some additional services like some injections and, and that sort of thing. Tell me your your thoughts on that. Why are you wanting to to do that? Uh, because, you know, the couple guys I've talked to about, uh, you know, any type of eating treatments and everything, I've had quite a few guys ask, you know, I know how to do the P-Shot because of, you know, before I started my practice, I walked, worked in a men's health clinic that offered it. So I had quite a few guys ask me about it. And I know it's supposed to be a very profitable thing and really help a lot of guys out. So that's that P-Shot is really something I'm looking for. And then also with the IV therapy and the joint injections. Just, you know, a couple guys asking me about it, me not really having that brick and mortar, which is kind of, you know, putting it in my mind, okay, this is something I need to kind of look look at doing. 
I mean, if if your patients are asking for it, then deliver the demand, right? And you'll probably be one of the few men's health clinics in the area that actually do that. Yeah, that, and that's exactly it. Because, you know, the other clinic I worked at was like mostly in Atlanta, but in my county, there's no other place that does that. So that's why I was like, okay, this is a real opportunity right here. Yeah, and especially if you're tailoring it to African-American men too. I mean, that's one great niche demographic target market and you're offering some really cool niche services. I just don't see how that could fail. Yeah, I really don't. You know, just make sure that you're pricing it appropriately, okay? So you want to make sure you're doing your market research, you know, see what other places are charging and either match them or undercut them just by a little bit. And then you'll find your practice, it'll grow. Yeah, man, that's the main thing I did. I remember he, uh, you know, read a couple articles you wrote, heard you on the podcast say that. I literally took one of them, you know, called around, got the guys, everybody's prices, and said, hey, I'm going to go $10 cheaper than these guys. Yeah, dude, that $10 difference, man, is a, is a huge selling point. <laughs> it does. It really does. Yeah. And it doesn't really, I mean, it hurts your profits. Sure. You know, but it's not anything significant. And, you know, you just got to do what you got to do at first to get, uh, to get the patient volume up. Yeah, I definitely agree. Okay. Well, uh, I mean, I, dude, I really feel like that, you know what you're doing here. I mean, you already have a practice that's profitable. I mean, you know, you're not making a killing, but hell you're making a thousand bucks a month and you're probably not working that much. I'm assuming. Yeah. Not yet. Not really. Right. It's pretty easy. Yeah. So yeah, dude, I mean, you know what you're doing and you're doing it. I think that the fuel and the fire here that you are needing to get this to the next level is spending some money on marketing and probably just getting that brick and mortar practice up and going. I think that, you know, those two things should be your priorities here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could definitely see that after having this conversation and stuff, you know, it's just mostly, you know, the fear of saying, okay, jumping into that lease, but I got to think about it. Like I said, you know, the opportunity to help it grow is outweighs that risk of jumping into that building. Absolutely. I mean, you're never going to reach your full potential without that office. If this is what you want to do, there's a lot of fear surrounding, you know, signing a lease and, and doing that. I mean, that's one of the biggest risks with opening up a business, signing the lease and having that, you know, having that location, but you know, what you're doing is already profitable. You know that this is a in-demand needed service in your area. So I don't really think there's a whole lot of risk here. I just don't sign anything for greater than a two-year lease though, okay? Okay, okay. Now that's, yeah. yeah, these five-year leases, I don't like that. I mean, unless you are just completely confident, have an established model, and you know you're going to kill it, then you know five years is fine, whatever, because it's not going to make a difference. But there's still some unknown here for you. And I think that a two-year lease would be a lot less riskier and... uh and yeah, that's the route I would go. All right, yeah, man, that sounds good. So that kind of, you know, lets me kind of, you know, have a strategy going in to really what I'm looking for and see what I'm going to do. And then I say pad that account up with 10000 bucks, and then pull the trigger on a lease. I think, yeah, I think that's the main thing I'm looking at. I'm going to, you know, kind of put some set numbers in my head saying, hey, these are my, I'm type of person. I got to have a written down goals. So that's kind of, you know, I'm going to look at 70 to 100 people and then 10000 10K. And they're looking forward to you know, leaping to you know, a couple companies' offices over here. Yeah. The $10,000 mark, if you can pad your account with the $10,000, I don't even think I would even wait for okay. the 60 to 80 patients. Okay. That sounds good. Yeah. Because I think your volume is going to just increase. I mean, I think it'll increase with the building. I think you'll be able to get to that 60, 80 patient mark much faster with the brick and mortar location. Yeah. I can I see it. Because like I said, it got a physical location. Uh, one quick question though. I have, uh, when you're trying to get the brick and mortar, just ask on the lease. How do you feel about radio? Radio ads? Yeah. I've done radio ads and I thought they were a waste of money. Okay. Yeah. Cause I think that, cause I heard they can get pretty expensive too. Oh yeah. They're expensive, man. Now, you know, that just depends. I mean, certain areas 
they can work in some areas they can. I feel like that I was probably just maybe on the wrong radio station and not in the right area. I don't, I don't know. I, I didn't get very many patients from it. I thought it was a waste of money, but I know of other practices in some areas that kill it with radio. Yeah. You need to be thinking to yourself, you know, are my men listening to this? I think radio is slowly dying, man. I mean, people just stream stuff anymore off their phones. And I don't think a whole lot of people listen to radio anymore. Yeah, because I, I think that's really where it's going. Social media is really the new thing, you know, podcasts and different things like that, because that was going to be really my game plan was to talk to a, you know, a few different places, you know, and, you know, go in, possibly do even a seminar, you know, or, you know, African-American men talk about health and every kind of talk to them about, hey, this is what my clinic offers. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Why not? It costs you pretty much nothing to do that. Yeah, exactly. Just, just yeah. a little time, huh? Just a little time, right, right. And you probably have some time anyways, you know? So I say try that. Just get in front of the patient. Just you got to get in front of them. That's that's really just what you got to do. That's marketing, getting in front yeah. of your customer. That's literally it. Yeah. Now, uh, another quick question, man. Uh, what about, have you ever, or have you ever thought about any type of collaboration with gyms or trainers? And would you ever try to like set that up, any type of commission, anything like that? Well, you're not going to want to do any kind of commission-based stuff. That's going to be some, you know, anti-kickback stuff. That can get kind of, awesome. you know, kind of some gray area stuff. So you're not going to want to do that, okay? But, I mean, there's nothing wrong with, you know, getting the word out to those gyms and whatnot. And, I mean, there's no reason why you can't refer patients to those gyms. Be like, hey, listen, this gym is awesome. I mean, if it's awesome, it's awesome. As long as there's just no agreement, you know, I scratch your back and you scratch my back. As long as there's nothing like that, then go for it. Why not? Okay. Okay. That sounds good. I'm to yeah. To that yeah. You know, so I think that uh, partnering with gyms and, you know, seeing if you can put an ad in the gym, uh, in the locker rooms, or even like on the screens or whatever, those things kill it. Okay, yeah, Bars and restaurants work really, you know, really well. Uh, just where are these men hanging out? Basically, where does Chris hang out? Because basically you are your patient, right? You're yeah, a professional sure, yeah. African-American man. You like to feel good, like to look good. Where do you hang out? That's where you need to be advertising. Man, I think yeah, I think you're 100 right. You know, especially like in barbershops, especially for guys, because every, every you know every guy got a little haircut. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Barbershops are a great place. Hundred percent. Hey, can you mind throwing some of your, throwing my cards right here? Give me your cards. I'll put them in my you know in my office. Big deal. Yeah, that's over that. Yeah, get in some barbershops for sure. I mean, that is a lot of men going into a barbershop on a daily basis, weekly basis. I mean, I bet some of these barbershops see a thousand unique faces a month. That's true. That is true. Yeah. So, so yeah, there you go. There's one place. So that's what I want you to do. Just sit there and think, you know, where are my patients? And that's where you need to go. Go and hand out the flyers and the cards and see if you can just get this word of mouth following up even more. And then the $10,000, dude, there's no reason why you can't save that in two or three months. No reason. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Most definitely. Yeah. So anyways, I think you're right on track, man. I think that you know exactly what you need to do to grow this. It's just getting the word out more and getting that brick and mortar office location. I think that's exactly what you need to do. Okay. Uh, what yeah. about, um, now this is, this is another quick question I asked you, just about going back, you know, back a little bit about weight loss. Now, like I said, my guys on testosterone monthly, you know, they, you know, like clockwork. They get their medication every month on the first. I get paid. What about weight loss subscription? Is it more for just pay? Hey, you know, these guys pay as they lose the weight. Or are you able to lock in your guys any type of weight loss subscription? 
typically with weight loss, you know, and men's health, I usually, um, I usually don't charge like an extra subscription, so to speak. Like, um, I just like add it on to their, you know, to their normal monthly subscription for the men's health and the testosterone. So for example, I'll add on like an additional 50 or $60 a month for Fentermine, for example. Yeah. Or, you know, they want some lipo C injections or whatever. I'll typically not charge them monthly for something like that. I'll just charge them for the bottle the vial and they can just inject themselves. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And remember you want to mark that up by two to three times at least to make it worth your while. Okay. So, okay. So you see, so it's two to three times on the weight loss and a hundred dollars per patient, so patient on your health. Correct. Yeah. So the monthly subscription, you should be at least profiting and generating a hundred dollars a month off the monthly subscription. That's with really any kind of niche service line, at least a hundred dollars a month profit on the monthly subscription. Additional services I don't really add it as a subscription most of the time. I just basically mark up the product by two to three times and then add it onto it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. So like, for example, if you want to, to prescribe a guy a uh, semaglutide, for example, you know, a vial of that's going to cost you, let's just say about $150 or so. You're going to mark that up two to three times. I think three times is probably a little too much for that. So you charge them 300, it costs you 150, you're making 150 extra dollars, right? And so by adding things onto, you know, your service offerings like that, by adding more you know, services to each patient transaction, it just, it just increases the number. And so, you know, I have some guys at my practice do that. They drop five or $600 a month. They have no problem with it. They don't care. Yeah. That's, that's what I've noticed too, man. <laughs> I've noticed that, you know, you throw the prices on these guys, some of guys are like, yeah, that's no problem. Yeah. They don't care, man. They're millionaires. They could care less, you know, that's <laughs> great. Yeah. I got another uh, question for you, man. I ain't trying to shoot too okay. many questions at you. As they pop up. No, it's fine. Now, yeah, as we now, you know, I want to do the brick and mortar, which that, that's going to be done. What about independent states? Because, you know, in Georgia, I'm under a collaborating position. I want to kind of see if about getting a license in some independent states so that I don't have to worry about that collaborating position cost. What would you recommend on that? Don't bite off more than you can chew right now. I think that okay, okay. if you really want to start that brick and mortar practice, man, I think that's where you're, I think that's where you should be focusing your energies right now. I feel like that you need to, you need to dial in your systems that you have in place. Now you need to dial in your website. You need to dial in your marketing efforts. You need to dial in the services you're going to be providing pricing, all of that. I think you need to dial in all this stuff first before you decide to start getting licenses in other States. Cause you know, when you get a license in another state, let's say you get a license in Arizona, you know, across the continent, basically, how are you going to advertise there? If you don't really truly understand how you're advertising where you're at. Yeah, that makes sense. You got to master one thing before you try to jump out. Correct, dude. You can't build too many bridges at one time. It's impossible. You just can't. So my recommendation for you is, is to hold off on getting licenses in other states right now. Six to 12 months from now, it'd probably be the time to do that. But right now, dial in what you have in front of you. Yeah, that's not, man. That sounds great. Yeah, seriously. I don't want to see you fail because you're doing too much at one time. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just my recommendation. Yeah. That's great. yeah. You have any other questions? Nah, man. I'm kind of going through a little list that I made. And uh yeah, yeah, not not really, man. I think the main thing is like you kind of it kind of covered everything about the brick and mortar, you know, getting some little tidbits on advertising, really nothing too much I can think of. Dude, you have this. I really feel like you got this. It's already profitable. If you're not spending any money on this, you've got a plan. It's just it's just time to go. That's how you're going to basically add gasoline to this fire right now. Is just pulling the trigger and just doing it. I agree. I agree. I mean, 
I, well, hey, listen, I like to end each episode with you asking me a question. So do you have any, I don't know, questions for me, a personal question, anything you've ever been curious about? Let me see, let me see, man. Uh, okay, yeah, man, it's a quick question, man. At what age did you first start your practice? Because I don't think I, I don't think I know that. And how long did it take for you to make it a force, or is it a full-time practice, like where this is the only thing you focus on? So let's see here. How old was I? My goodness. I am 37, going to turn 38 here soon. And I started in 2000 and, oh, geez, it was 2017. So about five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, four or five years ago. Yeah. So man, I was like 33. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm 31 right now. Perfect, man. You're getting started earlier than I did. I mean, I wish I would have started when I was 31. I really do. I wish I would have started when I was in my 20s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I could definitely see that, man. I And man, one thing too, man, uh, just want to give you a flowers right now, man. You know, I happen to just kind of just be Googling first practitioner businesses and your theme popped up, man. You, you know, totally changed my mind about, you know, you know, our presence in this healthcare field, man. And really, we have to take onus and really take control of you know, our own destiny comes to this because you know i couldn't imagine just being a nurse practitioner working a full-time practice you know nothing against the people who do that but it's just man it just wears you out it, dude there's no i mean yeah full-time could you imagine working a full-time job at some primary care practice or something until you're 60 65 years old man, i can't anymore man and that's why i, I want to give you a flower to you right now a lot of problems nah, right man it, listen it, it's, it's, it's yeah it's a pleasure man it really is it's I mean, this is my goal i just want to just light that fire under you know, a lot of nurse practitioners asses and just, you know, make them realize that there's a different way to go here. You don't have to go just accept a job for shit pay. And there's other ways to do it in better ways. Yeah. Yeah. You, you've done it, man. And I tell every person, you know, every guy I know, and every female I know who is a nurse practitioner say, Hey, y'all need to check this website out. You know, these courses, everything. Cause literally y'all mapped it out. And then, the, uh, and just the Facebook page, man, the Facebook page with the group is just in general is quick response time. It's a lot of respect, you know, between, you know, your peers. Oh, like yeah. Just problem. Just problem. Uh, it's, it's a huge hive mind, man. There's so many people. There were so many unique experiences. It really is. It's great. I mean, I, every day I get on the Facebook group, I learn something new. I really do. Yeah. 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 Uh, to answer the, uh, the latter part of your question there, my practices really never, um, they're not really full-time practices. I, I don't want them to be full-time practice. I want them to remain kind of little part-time practices because I am under the mindset of having multiple income streams is the safest route to go from a financial standpoint in today's, in today's world. I think that putting all your eggs in one basket is not wise. So yeah. Now with that said, my men's health practice is a full-time business though. I mean, yeah, yeah, we are open five days a week. You know, we are open 40, 50 hours a week. You know, I have staff, I have other nurse practitioners, you know, how long did it take me to get there? About three years. Okay. Yeah. That, that, it man, took that's time. not long. Yeah. But that's, no. me, that's still not long if you look at it in the grand scheme of things. No, it's not. Three years is nothing, man. It's it's a drop in the bucket. It's nothing. And I'll and and I'll tell you, you know, four or five years in now, it's just it's great, man. I I know I go, I'm there six hours a week. It's literally it. My office manager takes care of almost everything for me. All I do is pay the bills, look at the financials, see some patients, and take care of a fire here and there. Like it's great. And then I make a lot of money. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So, that's the goal, man. That's my that's my goal. That's too. a goal. I appreciate it. You'll get there, dude. You'll get there. Just give it a couple of years. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, Chris, it was a pleasure talking to you. I hope this, uh, I hope this was helpful for you. Man, it definitely was, man. I appreciate your time.
Cool. Uh, you're welcome, man. Take care. Love you too, bro. All right. Thanks. Bye. I hope everyone enjoyed the conversation with Chris. Chris is operating a profitable business. I mean, he only has 35 patients, which isn't a significant amount of patients, but he has 35 patients and he's generating a profit of almost $1,000 a month already. You know, it doesn't really take that many patients to generate a profit. You know, he has 35 patients. He's doing this strictly telemedicine. He's making $1,000 a month. I guarantee you he is not spending more than really like eight hours a month probably seeing these patients. Most of them aren't being seen, you know, every three to six months. He has to take a phone call here and there and that sort of thing. But this is a very, very part-time practice for him and he's making $1,000. And right now he has just room to grow, okay? It's only gonna go up from here. So one thing I want you to walk away from this episode is that you don't need that many patients, okay? You really don't. If you can get up to 100 patients, 100 patients, guys, it's not that many, you will be generating 10,000 plus a month. So you don't need that many patients, all right? Now he's kind of hitting a wall here and he wants to grow. And so the next step for him is to maybe get that brick and mortar practice and start putting more money into marketing. He has been able to do this by word of mouth alone and he could probably continue this trajectory. If he continued just to do what he was doing, he would probably end up having 100 patients by you know the first month or two of 2023. He probably would get there. In about eight to 12 months from now, he would be there by just word of mouth alone. But he realizes he has to add some more fuel to the fire and doing that is through marketing and him going to the brick and mortar practice. So I believe Chris will be highly successful in the next year. I really look forward to maybe speaking to him again. But anyways, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I will talk to you guys later. Take care. Thank you for listening to the show. Quick legal disclaimer, the content of this podcast is meant for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be used as legal, financial, medical, regulatory, or practice-specific advice. For information pertaining to your specific legal, financial, medical, or practice-specific needs, please be sure to consult with your lawyer, CPA, medical director, and or your state's practice laws and the most up-to-date clinical guidelines. As always, do your due diligence when it comes to any information found online and in podcasts. The content of this podcast is copyrighted by Galaxy Medical Southwest 2022 and cannot be duplicated, rebroadcasted, or reproduced without our written permission.